This episode of podcast is brought to you by blending M. Night Shyamalan movie names to make a sentence. I'll be using my sixth sense to look for signs in the village. Lady in the water! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that had a huge budget and then just just destroyed ourselves in the box office. <laughs> I'm Zach. And I'm Frank. And today we are here to talk about movie flops. And I was very confusing about this one. <laughs> uh, I'm going to yeah, say so, it right now. <laughs> so let's uh, let's, let's unpack this a little bit. <laughs> um, I received so when whenever we uh, record our episodes, um, at the end of the episode, when we say when I say Zach, what are we doing next? Or he says Frank, what are we go- doing next? When we are saying that to one another, we already um, knew. We already know. Yeah, that's so, a little that's a little TV magic, right yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like in reality, we are always one week ahead of of of, of um, the release schedule. So when Zach says Frank, we're gonna do this, I already knew a week in advance that that's what we were gonna do. So I already have my um my my list ready. Mm-hmm. So when Zach said at the end of possessor that uh <laughs> that we're gonna do movies that flop that is not what i received no <laughs> um as a <laughs> as i was uh, a little uh, vague as, as, as what as what we were going to be doing because what i got was i'm going to read the text message to all of you mm-hmm. um i get hey bud i want to do films that never recovered and in, in, in quotations films that never recovered so that is the topic mm-hmm. at hand and he goes so movies that either aged poorly or or had something that just didn't make them work when they came out. Or, and then I got a second text message that says, or was a massive flop. So I have, th- I have three things uh, in my thing. It's either, it's either movies that have aged poorly, mm-hmm. movies that had something in them that just made them not work, or movies that flopped. I think that's pretty pretty generalized for like the same thing. <laughs> it is not the same. I thing know, at and, all. and and like I, as I was making my list, I gravitated all towards like movies that just flopped. <laughs> so, not necessarily bad movies, just they flopped altogether in the box office. Okay, so that being said, my list is a little different, I guess, as to what your list may be. Um, but I do have, I think, all of them actually did technically flop. Okay, I mean that's uh, fine because like I, I, I feel like. This will be fun just to like talk about. But in I general. also have movies that like just simply didn't work. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah. So that's the, and like since it was so vague, I had a really hard time making a list. That's fine. So why don't you start us off, you fuck? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll start us off. So I'll I'll, mer- I'll work my way like from bottom to top. So for first one for me, uh, a movie that I actually really really liked. This came out, I believe, last year. Um, it was strictly on disney plus it was a disney film turning red um, oh, about the bear right or the yeah the red panda yeah, movie yeah. and and i really like that film because like i think disney does like a lot of really cool things of like blending in like more adult themes with like childhood movies nowadays yeah and that being like one of like this whole thing of like you know being an asian american in like modern times like very cool really really liked it loved the story really Really connected with the characters, really like the animation. Did a fucking horrible, um, and and the reason why is because it was during a time of, you know, it's still quarantine basically. Like like this was a direct to Disney Plus film, so the movie was made. The budget was one hundred and twenty million dollars. 
it made 20 million back. Yeah. That's a massive flop right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was basically the reason why Disney Plus was like, okay, no more direct to like Disney Plus movies. Mm. Like we lost too much money on this. Yeah. Like Disney has a lot of money, but they, they're not a hundred million dollars lost money. Well, they, they definitely are, but no company likes to just lose money at all. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it sucks because like, again, I really like that film. Yeah. That's it? Okay. That's, that's my first one. Okay. Um, so my my first pick was a movie that I was actually surprised. So I've actually been reading um, a book about... It's basically like to, to help writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the guy who wrote the novel Fight Club um, mm. is, the, is the author of the book. Um, Chuck something. Mm-hmm. Uh, something. I, I can't think of his name at the, off the top of my head. Chuck Chuck. But he... Um, he wrote Fight Club, and mm-hmm. then they obviously turned Fight Club into a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fight Club was a not a not a box office success by any means. No, um, I think it was it was made for about sixty five million dollars and brought in about thirty seven million dollars. Um, and it's weird because Fight Club is so iconic and one of the most you know probably one of the most quoted films of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many times people say we don't talk about Fight Club. Yeah, first rule of Fight Club: we don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> uh, and you know, against one of the, and it's a really incredible film, obviously, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's kind of subverts your expectations because if you don't know what Fight Club is actually about, and and you think from from the from what you've probably heard about Fight Club and the trailer and yeah. like the you know what what you just imagine the title is, it is you, a, a you, huge... you go into it thinking it's one thing and it's really not about that at all. Yeah, it is a very big mind fucked by like the the last half, like the last quarter of the film. Yeah, uh, and it's it's iconic and it's weird because the movie got really good. Re- I mean, it was it was pretty controversial when it came out, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it got, you know, overall pretty good reviews back in the 90s when it when it was released. Uh, so it, I always find it strange when when there's a really, you know, popular big movie with big names like Morgan Freeman mm-hmm. and um, Brad Pitt. Uh, and you have a really well-known director and all of, everything seems like it's, it would be, you know, going for the stars Yeah, and it just doesn't bring in what you're expecting. Um, it's kind of weird and uh, it kind of shows you why, why movies today aren't, aren't given $70 million. It was so weird that the Northman, right? Yes. The Northman was another bit, was another flop. It was made for like $90 million and I think it made like 70. Mm-hmm. So like, it it's, technically is a flop because it didn't make its money. It didn't back. make its money back by twenty million dollars, mm-hmm. which is a lot of money. Uh, it's so it's so you you really can see kind of like how and why studios aren't making these seventy, eighty, ninety million dollar movies anymore unless it's a Marvel film or something like that. Yeah, because most they films know... are now kind of like sitting in that ten million dollar mark, uh, probably a lot less, truthfully. Yeah. Um, which is smart because then they know they'll make their money back. Right. Yeah. Like Marvel really is the only thing where it's like. Okay, they can make these huge budget movies because they're going to make that money they're back. They're going to make their money back no matter what. But it is disappointing because that kind of is like we don't get movies like The Godfather and shit anymore yeah. because we're, they're not given these big budgets. Like you can't make a film like The Godfather or Apocalypse Now or something like that for $5 million, yeah. right? You just can't do it. So we're in a weird we're in a weird place right now when it comes to uh finances for film. But anyway, my first pick was Fight Club. Okay. Cool. So my next pick, um, I've talked about this movie before. This is a snack, uh, a early Zack Snyder film of Sucker Punch. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I don't know if you ever ended up seeing it. I saw it. It's not a bad movie. It's a little confusing. <laughs> um, it's It, again, is something that was a victim to bad trailers explaining, like, what the hell it was. Um, but it did... It, it was made for $82 million. It only made $36 million back, which is a big steep of it. Um, but more so, you look at it where... Zack Snyder kind of like pulled himself out when he eventually made like Watchmen and everything like that. Yeah. But this movie flopped really badly. Like the the whole idea was this movie was kind of made for like fanboys because it's like it's a film about girls in skimpy like uh like school clothes fighting like demons and zombies and and like giant samurais basically. Yeah. But realistically the movie is about these girls in like this dance studio, but also depending when you think about it, like it's actually like a mental institute. Right. Um, and it, it was, it was mismarketed so bad that like it was kind of for fanboys, but when fanboys saw it, they didn't really like it to the point where legendary actually for like a short period of time was like, we're not going to green light any movie that has a female protagonist. Mm. And that's, that's really upsetting right there is like you have a film that like, has discouraged an entire production company just by one film. Yeah. That's that's bad. And you still didn't make your money back. Yeah. So at least like Zack Snyder pulled himself out by doing other things, but like this was kind of like a low point for him. Yeah. Um so my next pick, uh, so all my picks um well actually no, that's not true. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> Donnie Darko yeah, made for four point five million uh, when it came out. It made about five hundred thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars. You've sorry, seen what? Donnie Darko? Five? Yeah, of course. Um, big fan of Donnie Darko. I like it. Uh, I like. Um, it's it's one of the few movies that I like. Is it Jerry Leto? No, nope. It's uh uh Jake Gyllenhaal. Come on, there you go, Zach. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I really like Jake Gyllenhaal in that movie. Um, a young, a very young Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. Uh. I it's such a I think that the main reason is it's such a hard movie to market um, and it very much kind of feels in the vein of kind of like an American beauty like that type of um, that the type of viewer that would watch American beauty I feel like would enjoy uh, Donnie Darko where yeah. it's just like it, it's not quite like an indie film but it has the it has the 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 world building and the characters of an indie movie. Like it mm-hmm. feels like such a Tumblr film. Yeah. You know, I don't know how else to explain it, but like somebody who was deep in the, into Tumblr, like the yes. early 2000 <laughs> feels like they would like Donnie Darko, <laughs> but, and I like Donnie Darko and I was not a Tumblr user, but yeah. Um, also early, like a hot topic, like the bunny suit was like a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh Frank, right. I yeah, think was his hey, name, right. You, Frank bud. the bunny. Um, it's been a while since I've watched that movie, but mm-hmm. I, I really liked it. But I mean, it's such a bizarre concept, and 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 the whole idea, like, you, like it's nothing is like spoon fed to you at all. So mm-hmm. I can imagine why people were not probably not talking about it as much because I can imagine, especially at that time, them like people's people coming back from the theater and being like, "Don't go see Donnie Darko. It made yeah. no fucking sense. It was <laughs> stupid. Don't. It was wasn't worth it." And I think that's probably like the the main Achilles heel. But over time, it has obviously kind of garnered this. Um, cult classic kind of status of 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 like really strange and weird, but kind of like ahead of its time independent film. Yeah, big fan I like of it. I like it. Uh, one that did not garner that same type of reputation. 
Um, I don't know if you ever seen or heard about like the movie R.I.P.D. No. So this was like that time frame of like right after Ryan Reynolds was Green Lantern. And it's like that was a huge box office flop. And also to the point where it's like, hey, like, you know, let's end the movie thinking we're going to get a sequel. Never going to get a sequel. Right. You're never going to do it. Um, so almost like right around the same time, R.I.P.D. came out starring Ryan Reynolds again. Also, unfortunately, starring Jeff Bridges, who, okay. who, who tried his best with this film. We tried. Hey, hey! Every every great actor's got usually a few bad yeah. bad movies under their belt. <laughs> exactly. The, the except bo- for Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, <laughs> never never a bad film. <laughs> um, the bones of this film are there. Like it's it's already based off of a Dark Horse comic called by the same thing. So it's like you can just use like the material that's there. Um, and the whole idea is that Ryan Reynolds plays this cop that is killed in action. And then he's brought into like this kind of ghost world where you're you're a cop for ghosts. Like you're killing like demons and like spirits that are like trying to invade the human world. Hmm. And it's like that's something right there. Did not do well. It it just like none of the jokes landed. The chemistry wasn't there between like Ryan and and Jeff, which is really odd because it's like they both have like personalities that you would think like would work yeah. on screen together. Um, again, I, I it's been a while since I saw it. I think they set up for like a sequel, and I don't know. I think they actually got a sequel for whatever reason. Mm. But the film, the budget for it was one hundred and thirty million dollars. They made seventy nine million dollars back. Yeah. So really not good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it also came out during that time frame of like a few other movies that like were were billed way above it. So it's like immediately it was just kind of like pushed down to like fourth or fifth best film that you could see during that time. Yeah. So marketing, the actual like time frame that it came out and then like the actual film itself like really did not help this one. Yeah. I think um the main, I think uh the, the fact that, you know, speaking of like time frame that it came out, um, my next pick definitely was affected by um, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, Vivarium came out in 2019. Oh, yeah, yeah. I never got to see that. Um, made for 4 million, brought in 500,000, actually a little bit less than 500,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so th- this is kind of like when you texted me saying like movies that didn't quite work or like for, for whatever reason, that's kind of why I, I chose that movie because I don't think Vivarium is that great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's cool. It doesn't quite go far enough. Yeah. Um, in its own kind of lore as to what the hell is going on here. They kind of just give you a slight peek behind the curtain, but they never fully explain anything, mm-hmm. which is kind of disappointing. Uh, and you have a lead character, one of the main, um, actors who is a child who, has like the most annoying voice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. World, I remember you telling the me the world. I it's mean, almost like the Babadook kid, where it's like, God, just take him. So, the, but the thing is, it's somebody else. Somebody's like they ADR his voice, so yeah. he's got like this. He, he's just like lip syncing, and somebody else is doing the voice, and it's so annoying, <laughs> like so annoying. I can't explain to you enough how how it almost makes you want to shut the movie off. Yeah, <laughs> really. I'm not even joking. Like it's that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? Jesse Eisenberg's in that. Jesse one, right? Eisenberg yeah. is in it. Yeah, uh, and the movie, the the concept is kind of cool of them going into this um, kind of like townhouse community, and then they can't get out. Yeah, and 
the only the only way that they can get out the, the only way that they are told that they can get out is if they raise this child that mm-hmm. is delivered to them and everything is given to them the food and everything but it's all like fake and bullshit and and um yeah i know that they're in the trailer like they burn down the house and like and the next morning back, yeah. yeah like all of that is it's so it, it's a really interesting kind of cool concept and i think when it came out in 2019 towards the end of 2019 when we were all kind of cooped up um it, it just it was like yeah it was decent for a pandemic film i mm-hmm. guess but like now looking back at it it's just like it really wasn't that good unfortunately um and i think a lot of it has to do with just the simple fact that it didn't go far enough into its own lore to truly expand and make you be like wow that was incredible it's like Oh, it's getting really cool, and then it ends, and you're like, "What? That's it?" <laughs> it was kind of disappointing. Damn. Okay. Uh, my last one before like honorable mentions. So this one I think hurts me a little bit the most. Um, this was that time frame where it's like DreamWorks and Disney weren't like fully merged together yet, um, and DreamWorks was just making like very weird kind of like animated films for kids. Um, but Treasure Planet. Never heard of it. I I know you haven't. Um, it if you if you look it up, like there was like this whole thing where it's like girls were like in love with the main character just because of like he had the swoopy emo hair with the ponytail, like it's early a, on. It's animated. Yes. Okay. Um, voiced by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I did not know that actually. Uh, and essentially the film is more or less like the old school book and then movie of Treasure Island. Right. But just in space form. Okay. Um, however, the movie holds up, like, animation-wise. Like, I, I really like that old-school, like, 90s animation. I think it looks way better than, like, most of the stuff that's put out now. Um, the story itself, like, is actually pretty emotional of, like, the main character, like, joining this ragtag crew of, like, pirates that are off to find, like, this forbidden treasure. And you get, like, a lot of betrayal and, like, a lot of hardship and, like... You actually get, like, very decent emotion in a DreamWorks film that, like, I don't think a lot of people were expecting. And then more so, too, like, there was the time frame, like, with Mulan, where it's like, hey, Disney wants to make live-action versions of, like, every animated movie. Like, Mulan and Lion King. This movie is almost made to be a live-action film. Yeah. And it's, like, just nothing. Like, everybody just swept this movie under the rug and nobody talks about it. But it's actually a really good film. Like, if it's on, like, I'll watch it. Like, if I if I see something of it, like, I'll put it on. Because it's just, it's actually, like, a compelling story. Yeah. The problem is, the budget was $140 million. It made $38 million back. Yeah. Like, that's the probably... I think that is the biggest one on my list besides like turning red. Yeah. Um just because but that one had a reason. Gotcha. This one didn't really have a reason. Yeah. Um so my last pick, I technically have two more picks. Um my but th- this my next pick is a two for one. Mm-hmm. Um and that is The Grindhouse. Uh, Death Proof and Planet Terror, the Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino. I love films. Planet Terror. Um, they were not successful really by any means. Mm-hmm. They were uh, com- combined. They were made for seventy million dollars and worldwide, so everywhere yeah. brought in thirty-one million. Fuck. Um, surprising mm-hmm. on why that flopped. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know why. I, I really can't think of a reason as to why it flopped. Um. 
Both got pretty decent reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, Both got decent marketing. I mean, it was like super fun marketing. You mm-hmm. watch them, you watch them, and they're talking about Grindhouse and this old era, and they're supposed to be this like dirty kind of scuzzy movie. Like you would think that people would kind of be excited for that. And it's gonna be they're they're showing them back to back, so you're getting a double feature. Yeah, everything about it like it seemed like it was working. It has Taran- that the, the Tarantino, Tarantino and name Rodriguez on it. That alone, like some people probably would care. I mean. In a general audience, people probably care more about Tarantino than than Robert Rodriguez more. Mm-hmm. So, like the fact that you have Tarantino's name attached to this, and and it didn't do well, and for actual people who really like movies and that style of film, big fans of Robert Rodriguez still wasn't able to bring it bring it in. Mm-hmm. It's just such a weird thing. Um, There's a lot of names attached, like in it too. So many big actors. Um, an interesting premise for both of them. Planet Terror is really fun. Death Proof has proven that even Tarantino himself has said, like, listen, it's probably my worst film. Mm-hmm. But people love Death Proof. Some people, like, swear by it. Mm-hmm. Death Proof was the movie that got Christoph Waltz interested in Tarantino. Yeah. Um, you like Death Proof. I think Death Proof is okay. <laughs> My brother prefers Death Proof over Planet Terror, and I just I don't agree with that at all. Yeah, I don't agree with it either. Um, it's just it's just so long and drawn out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, this is just like still Planet going. Terror is fun. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a fun zombie movie. It's a fun zombie movie, and and it sucks because I like the premise of Death mm-hmm. Proof more than yeah. Planet Terror. Planet Terror is so like cookie cutter. It's just exactly yeah. it's it's a it's a it's just a zombie it's a movie. zombie movie. Death Proof had some like really cool, interesting concepts of like a serial killer who basically has a car that is death proof and goes around and kills everybody. And then just since since he can survive in these car accidents, he just and he doesn't drink any alcohol or anything, you know, hey, these people were out at the bar and they got drunk and they and and there was a car accident and he's totally fine. Mm -hmm. And then he recovers in the hospital and then he just goes to another state and then just does it again. Like that's a really cool premise, Mm -hmm. but it just didn't work. Yeah. Um, and I'm really shocked. I'm wondering if it's because of, again, like word of mouth, like people, people went there and saw them and they were just like, guys, no, don't, don't go out mm-hmm. and view them. But it is surprising to see Tarantino's name attached to something and for it to not do well. Yeah. That's, that is the only time. Yeah. All right. So last honorable mention stuff. Um, I kind of mentioned it to you, like when I texted you about it, but like the room kind of is like that weird gray area where it's like, it's almost like renowned as like the biggest flop ever made in movie history, but it also garnered like a very cult classic as feel to it. Yeah. Kind of like Rocky horror picture show where it's like, it just plays at like certain places and like people just flock to it. Yeah. Um, but originally like it's almost like astonishing. I've seen like several different numbers of like how much like Tommy Wiseau actually put into this movie. I've seen stuff of like $6 million, $12 million, like so on and so forth. Um, I know initially it only made like $530,000 back. Which is, which honestly, that is even impressive. Yeah. I, <laughs> you, like the fact of, like, if you've ever seen The Room, it is like, it is the most, like, this is so bad that it's so good, where it's like, it's so bad thumbs down that the thumbs actually come back around and form an up thumb it's it's insane it's still a great movie to watch it's just it's it's like a party movie where it's like oh throw it on like when you're drinking with friends yeah like it's not a good film at all right 
Um, it's it's amazing to me. And then the other one that I had was um, Road to El Dorado, another one of those like weird DreamWorks films. Mm-hmm. Um, where again, I don't know if you've seen it. No. I know it made. I I didn't look up like how much it the budget was, but it only made like twenty nine million back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like because it's a DreamWorks film. I'm I'm assuming it's somewhere around like the 100, 130 range yeah. again for it. Um, more shockingly enough, too, uh, Elton John was, like, really attached to this film. Like, he was the music composer and director for everything. Like, he did most of the music. And then he was also, like, part-hand, like, producer on the film. Nice. So it's like you would think, like, yeah. something a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. But, no. My, my one honorable mention was a film by Oliver Stone that came out in 2004 called Alexander. Mm-hmm. Had um, Colin Farrell playing uh it's like the most it's got angelina jolie Mm -hmm. colin farrell it's about you know one of the most incredible fucking leaders in all of the world who has done some of the most incredible things and the movie is so uncomfortably bad you have colin farrell in the worst wig Mm -hmm. i have ever seen in my life um and with a budget of $70 million, like, we could have gotten a better hairpiece. <laughs> I think, because it's about Alexander the Great, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing this movie, and I was like, wow, like, the trailers look so cool. Like, I was young. I was, like, 9 or 10 when yeah. it came out. But, like, I was like, oh, this looks so cool. And then, like, it got to, like, that final fight, and it's like, he just gets stabbed, and then that's it. And the, it's like, huh. The movie is so shockingly long, it feels well, like. It's very long, but it's so shockingly, like off like Mm. i don't know how to explain it the movie just feels off from the way that it's filmed the camera that's being used everything about the movie feels so low budget yeah and the costumes are cheesy Mm. the um the uh the the sets are like fake looking like everything (laughs) looks so weird and strange and the acting is not good. Like yeah. everybody is just not doing well. In this it's almost movie. like they knew, like, okay, I really don't want to be a part of this film. <laughs> but like, they're all high end actors. Yeah, it was very strange. Um, and again, it was made for seventy million, and it only made thirty million back. Uh, and that's like the one movie that I think actually deserved to not make their their money back. Because I was like, <laughs> this is not very good. Um, all the other movies that I pretty much mentioned, for the most part, I actually generally like. Yeah, Vivarium was like. Okay, okay, but everything else, I like Death Proof. I love, I like Planet Terror. Um, I like, obviously, I really enjoy um, uh, Fight Club and mm-hmm. whatever else I said. I don't know anymore. Anyway, I'm Frank. Yeah, I uh, haven't, I haven't mentioned it in a while, but the Divide, Divide no, should have. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck, not, the Divide should have made more money. I'm sure it flopped, but it should have made more money. <laughs> it's a good uh, film. Do you have a recommendation? I do. Um, music recommendation. Uh, I don't normally like the band Panic at the Disco. Um, yeah. It, it was like in my emo phase that wasn't like my go-to band are you are you gonna recommend their like their classic or are uh, you recommending a new album uh more on the newer side um Brandon Yuri like since taking over completely like panic at the disco I think has done like a few more things that I actually enjoy um and that being his 2016 album death of a bachelor mm. um I like it because like it's got that that kind of like pop punk style sound to it. But he did, like, a lot more kind of, like, classic old type things with it. Like, the one song, uh, Crazy Equals Genius, is probably my favorite on the album. And it's this very kind of, like, 
just jazzy, very like swinger type vibe to it, mm-hmm. which I think is a really cool idea. Um, Death of a Bachelor itself is like a very more like piano based, like slower type uh, song to him. Yeah. Um, and then uh, House of Memories also very slower, but he has like still those normal kind of like pop punk sound to them. Like, um, what is it? Uh, Don't Threaten Me With A Good Time. Like that is very much like old school kind of like panic at the disco pop punk sound to them um emperor's new clothes very very cool as well it's just a very different album and i wasn't really expecting it because i wasn't looking for anything from panic at the disco and i was like i i know their sound i get it yeah brandon yuri has a great voice my my fiance wants to fuck him i get it everything's there (laughs) anyways but um yeah death of the bachelor was just like a cool album that i wasn't expecting and it, it was something different that I was kind of hoping is a little bit more of a transitional sound for him. And it kind of seems that way. I just haven't heard anything like afterwards. Gotcha. But I like that style of like that pop punk meets jazz and classical music. Wow. I hate pop punk music. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> it's 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 growing on me. I'm, I'm going through my third phase of emo music. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Zach, what movie are we doing next? Frank, you remember how, how Doctor Strange had a sequel? With uh, about Sam Raimi into the oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah in, into like the multiverse yeah yeah we're doing the better version of that we're gonna do everything everywhere, everywhere all, all at once time, or whatever it's called yeah, yeah everything right. everywhere all at once cool all right did you see that yet yes okay cool uh Zach take us out all right guys thank you for listening now Frank roll the credits. <laughs>